Hi, everyone, and welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy, episode 139. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 139. Hey, everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy. I'm Wardy in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. I'm really happy to be bringing this podcast to you today. I think it's really important that we talk about these things and be intentional heading into the busy Christmas season. So what I'm going to be giving you today are six tips to stay healthy and sane this Christmas. So we're going to launch into those. And as I'm talking, be sure to think about your own tips because you can come on by the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 139 and add your tips there to that to that um, to the show notes, to that page. Or if you're joining me live on Periscope today for this recording, I'd love to hear your comments at the end or actually anytime. If any tips come to your mind, you can feel free to type them in the comments. So if you are live with me today or watching this video replay on Periscope, um, make sure when you leave a comment to put your first name because from where I am in the phone, um, I can't read your handle, but I can read your comment. So put your first name in there so I can call you out and mention you by name. Has anybody who's here now joined me already um, for a live broadcast of Know Your Food with Wardy? If you have, put a thumbs up in the comments so that I can um, say hi and welcome you back. If you're new, put a one in the comment. I'd love to know who's back and who's new to this. So we have Classic Legacy. Yes, great. Thank you for coming. I think you're Catherine. We have a one. We have some thumbs up from Becky and Shelly. Great. Well, welcome back. So I'm going to fill in all our podcast listeners. I am recording my podcast live on Periscope, and if you want to join in the fun, you can join me usually on Thursdays, where I will record my podcast live on Periscope. I'm at Trad Cook School. The handle is right behind me, so you can go to the podcast app, sorry, the Periscope app, or you can go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. Um, if you're on the Periscope app, you search for the handle at Trad Cook School. Jamie is here. Great. Thank you so much, Jamie, for being here again. So this is really fun. It's really fun to be with you live. And of course, we have a video recording that then I share later with the audio as well for the podcast. So here we go. Let's get into the six tips to stay healthy and sane this Christmas season. Now, um, some of these are going to be no-brainers. In fact, they might all be no-brainers for you. Um, and so what, when I mention them, if you're here with me live, put, put a thumbs up or tap the screen to share some hearts to, you know, sh let me know that this is resonating with you. And of course, as I said, feel free to share your own comments as well, your own tips. So number one is just this coming Christmas season, make sure to drink plenty of fluids. The number one thing we can do for our bodies to stay healthy and hydrated and everything is to drink. And it gets so busy. I've been there a very busy day and you forget to drink. So keep a cup full nearby filled that you can sip on all the time. Now it is important actually to start your day with a drink because we've gone all night long 
without any hydration. And so we actually wake up a little bit dehydrated. So we need to replenish that fluid that we've lost during the night. So wake up in the morning, have a big drink of water, maybe up to a quart. If you can't drink water, you can do it like I do and do some lemon water first thing in the morning. Water is so important. It's so important that you start your day with fluids um, in the form of tea, in the form of lemon water or straight water. It keeps you hydrated. It helps you flush out toxins. All your body's processes rely on hydration. So the number one thing you can do, well... I have six tips for you today, so it's up to you to rank them. But one of the most important things you can do to stay healthy and sane this Christmas season, really any time, but especially this Christmas because we get so busy we forget to take care of ourselves, is to drink plenty of fluids. So whether that's tea or water, um, um, fermented beverages like kombucha or water kefir, um, keep yourself hydrated. What I like to do is make my lemon water and I'll do it like in a half gallon and I'll sip on it all day long and even share it for the, with the family. Now, my lemon water is a very simple recipe. Um, and if you go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash start day, I've got a whole bunch more info there on the importance of starting your day um, with water as well as my lemon water recipe, which is really lemon juice water, as much lemon juice as uh, I can stand really, which is a quarter to a half cup in a quart jar. And then I add some stevia, liquid stevia drops. So, uh, let me know in the comments, give me a thumbs up. If you agree, give me a one, if you do a great job, uh, drinking your water, give me a two, if you think this is something you could work on. And when you share your comment, include your first name so I can, um, see who's commenting. I thank you all for the hearts. Thank you for keeping them coming. So Beck says one, Marilee says two, great. So Marilee's gonna work on it. Beck says she does a great job. Debbie is a one, so she's doing good. Lisa says two, well Lisa, um, work on it. It's definitely a struggle. If you're intentional about preparing your water, Heather has a two as well. If you're intentional about setting yourself a drink and keeping it nearby and just sipping on it all day long, that can, be, that can really help. All right, so I'm challenging all of you. Sev says one. Great job, Sev. I'm challenging all of you to make it a priority to drink plenty of fluids. Now let's move on to num tip number two. Tip number two um, has to do with healthy treats. Actually has to do with treats and making them healthy. So uh, here's the thing. <laughs> it's the Christmas season, and if you think about anything about Christmas, you think, what, presents and lots of parties and lots of junk food, right? Well, I'm not going to tell you not to indulge. I think if people are being hospitable to you, you're out of places, you know, you don't have to shun everything that's served to you. I think it's kind of the 80-20 rule. So I'm going to give you a couple treat, uh, tips about this. Number one, just keep in mind um, hospitality and generosity and that it's okay to have some. This helps you not feel totally deprived. It also allows you to give back and receive what other people are offering to you. This doesn't mean you need to binge or have tons of it or make yourself sick. Um, I just don't want anybody to feel guilty um, about enjoying things that are served to you. Now, I'm not telling you this if you have allergies or serious health issues where you simply cannot indulge. I'm just talking about generally healthy people wanting to stay healthy and wanting to enjoy the blessings of the season. So 
you know, feel free to enjoy a little bit. But a strategy that's going to help you to keep from binging or overindulging or just, you know, gobbling up all the luscious things that are in front of you all month long in December and even into January um, is to give yourself some healthy alternatives. Um, so you may have a repertoire, repertoire of um, recipes of more healthy uh, treats that you're making or at traditionalcookingschool.com we have a whole uh, desserts category with tons and tons of recipes that you could try out. I want to feature one uh, little um, resource that's come to my attention recently that may give you some very quick and easy healthy alternatives. Um, you may know Lindsay, who's a writer at the Traditional Cooking School blog. Well, she's a blogger of her own. Her blog is todayindeedsville.com, and she has come out with a recent book, ebook called Nourishing No-Bake Treats. Now, I got a copy of it the other day, and I and on Saturday, can you see those? On Saturday, boy, I wish it wasn't so whited out. Um, on Saturday, I put together three of them from this book. It took me less than 30 minutes. They're guilt-free. They're healthy. They're allergy-friendly. I only use one appliance, very few dirty dishes. The kids love them. Um, they're modestly sized. So I want to encourage you to look into options like that to give yourself healthy alternatives with everything that's out there. If you're interested in uh, Nourishing No-Bake Treats by Lindsay Dietz, Here's the cover of it, which is kind of blinded out. Go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash nobake, and that'll give you a lot more information about this resource, and I think you'll really, really like it. So whether you're using something like this, or you have family favorites you've made over, or you're using some from the archives at Traditional Cooking School, be intentional. Make some time to put together an assortment, maybe once a week, or when people are passing out all the cookie dishes, do four or five recipes and make your own little assortment for your family or even to share so that you and your family don't feel deprived and you have alternatives to kind of indulge, feed that sweet tooth if it's allowable in your diet, and to enjoy that part of this season. So what do you guys think of that? If you're here on Periscope with me live in the comments, tell me your strategy about handling the sweet treats that are abundant this season. Do you uh, make your own healthy ones? Do you completely do without? Do you indulge a little or do you indulge a lot? And include your first name with your comment. Thank you for the hearts, everyone. Thank you for continuing to share. And I really appreciate all the people that are coming in and joining. So let me know that in the comments. What is your strategy? your strategy about all the healthy treats during Christmas. I'll just wait just a moment here. In the years past, we've had um, several different ways to do it, but I think most of the time, well, my oldest daughter, Christy says she indulges a little. My oldest daughter does our sweet baking a lot, so she's often right on it to give us some healthy options. And we do indulge a little, so we may have... Uh, dinners out or people may give us things and we just indulge a little bit. I think it's really crucial that we find a good balance with that. Um, okay, so we're moving on to tip number three. But first, Laura says she tries to indulge a little and make some of my own. Great. Yep, that is totally our approach. Shelly says I bake my own healthy options and take along. Great. Um, Beck says, I make trim healthy mama treats. It helps to know they are healthy. That's great too. I do that as well. 
Okay, well, thank you for your feedback, everyone. So we're on to tip number three now. Um, this is to be choosy about what you say yes to. We all know that through Christmas season, there's, um, you know, Sunday school party, church potluck, best friends getting together, Bible study group getting together, there's events with the kids, there's all these different things, all these different um, events we could attend. And I think I'm not going to tell anybody to say no to everything. Um, I would never say say yes to everything. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say be choosy about what you say yes to. I think we really have to step back and realize that everything that we say yes to means we're saying no to something else. And so sometimes we say yes to things that are maybe not that important with our family's purpose or our family's health or our family's life. Um, And we say yes to them, but that means we may be saying no to something that is important for our family health or our legacy or our traditions. So let's just be realistic about it. If we get an invitation, consider in the light of, if I say yes to this, what are we not going to be able to do? And if we're not going to be able to do it, how important is that? So then putting it in, you know, in that, um, in that perspective, it really brings home the fact that Everything we do has an impact. You can't just say yes to something and it not have a ripple effect on other parts of your life. And during this busy season, we have so many invitations, so many requests that it's impossible for these things especially not to have an impact. And when you are overextended, then people are crabby, stressed out, don't get enough sleep, aren't eating as well as they could be, are eating more sugars, etc. So the ripple effect can be quite um, quite strong. And I do not mean to come across and say that we shouldn't be part of the festivities of the season. What I'm saying is be choosy so that it fits your life and your priorities. And um, hospitality is one of those. And returning hospitality is one of those. So let's be choosy. Um, because we want to spend enough time with our families. We want to take care of our health. We don't want to be run ragged. We want to show hospitality. We want to fellowship and bond. And every opportunity that comes our way, we have to weigh in terms of those priorities. What are your priorities and how do all these invitations fit with your priorities? Now, um, so that's, that's basically it. Um, In the comments, if you're live with me, let me know if you have any particular um, criteria that you go through when you receive invitations or any questions you ask that help you decide whether or not your family is going to do it or not. And you could also just tell me, is it important to you to, um, right now, is it important to you to be choosy about the things that you and your family do during this season? You could also tell me... um, what happens when you overextend yourself? What kind of impact does it have on your life? Do you, uh, does your health decline? Um, do you get through it okay? Share some of those thoughts with me, and I'm going to take a drink when you guys are typing. All right. Well, you guys are silent, which is Okay kind of big questions to think about. Let's move on to tip number four. Tip number four um, has to do with sleep. I think it's really important that we prioritize our sleep because we get busy. And have you noticed in busy seasons of your life that sleep is like the first thing to go? 
Thank you for sharing the hearts. I think that probably means you're resonating with this. Uh, it's certainly the case for me. Sev says, my husband is forgotten and hungry if I overextend myself. Yes, exactly. You know, we sacrifice ourselves and we sacrifice our families when we get overextended. Um, not to say there aren't times when that's okay, because if you're giving to someone else, um, but we don't want to do it for prolonged periods of time, we want to take care of the most important people in our life. So here's the thing about sleep. Sleep is so important. There's nothing wrong with working hard. There's nothing wrong with having a full schedule. There's nothing wrong with being productive. Um, my caution is not to be so productive and so overextended that you don't sleep. Now, when we have young children and our young children don't get enough sleep, we know how huge that impact is on our life, right? <laughs> I mean, crabby children and overtired and overstimulated children are just as bad, maybe worse, than overstimulated and overextended adults, right? Because they simply cannot restrain themselves. They can't hold back. They don't have the sense of politeness and um, etiquette that we do as grown-ups. So I'm talking about sleep here for ourselves. I'm also talking about sleep here for our family. So while there's nothing wrong with full days full of love and laughter and activity and all that, let's prioritize nearly every night still getting a good night's sleep. Myself, even on a daily basis, um, Dana is saying, yes, we must be selective or else we could spend the entire month on the run. Exactly. So you choose about what we do and also let's prioritize our sleep. What happens with me most of the time is that I'm, like you, very busy, a full day. So me, I get up. Um, I'm usually up between five and six in the morning. And by eight o'clock, I am just completely bushed and ready to fall into bed. And I do usually fall into bed sometime between eight and nine o'clock. And I sleep del deeply and well on most nights. Now, you might be in a position where you just can't sleep well. There's two problems, I think, here. One is, do you go to bed early enough so that you have a good night's sleep? And you have to be intentional about that. We can waste so much time, TV or the internet or whatever, and we don't end up in bed till 11 o'clock. And if you're getting a second wind, like because you're in front of a, an electronic device and you're getting this false sense of awakeness at night, you're doing yourself a disservice by not letting your body rest. So if that takes you saying, okay, I am going to bed by 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. and you know you give yourself an internet or a device cutoff so that you can do that, um, that's, that's one way to, uh, to uh, what am I doing? I'm making two points about how hard it is to sleep. And one is if you just whittle away the time and you waste time and maybe in front of electronic devices and so your bedtime just creeps later and later and later. So be intentional about setting a bedtime giving yourself a curfew so that you can prioritize getting to sleep. The other problem is overextended. So you just have too many commitments. You're out, you're busy, there's too many things to make and do, and so you simply cannot get to bed on time. Well, in that case, I'm going to refer you back to the previous tip, which is be choosy about what you do. So in any case, those are two common problems, but there is another common problem that people have, which is they can't sleep well. And during Christmas season, you may have more things on your mind. You may have you know, sadness about certain relationships and the holidays bring them up. You may have lots of pressures with work and life and relationships that all come to a head during Christmas. And so you have more things on your mind. Whatever it is, you 
may have trouble sleeping. So I want to give you a couple tips to help you get a better sleep. Part of this tip is just prioritize it and be intentional about getting the sleep. But the second part of this is what if you have trouble sleeping? Um, what can you do about it? Now, Shelly is saying to sip kefir before sleep. That helps her sleep sound. What a great tip. Thank you so much for that. It's probably similar as to a little bit of warm milk. So here are some of the um, tips I want to give you to help you sleep better if you have trouble sleeping. One is perhaps you need to pray or journal before bed if you have a lot of thoughts and burdens and worries to get those out on paper or share them with God so that they can be released. Release them from weighing on you. There is no reason for us to go to bed carrying all those burdens. Now, I know we do. I know we worry. I know this is harder uh, done than said. It's easier said than done, right? Um, But if you can do some kind of exercise to put it on paper or say it out loud to God or share it with your spouse to release those burdens so that you can... uh, Calm your thoughts for bed. Do that. Um, Becky is saying she sets a go-to-bed alarm. I love that. Yep, I love that. Another thing you could look into are herbs or essential oils to help you sleep. Herbs could be in the form of a tea. Really great. You know, the best herb for sleep is chamomile. There is a there is a tea out there. Um, I forget the brand, but I think it's called Cup of Calm, and it's a wonderful blend of herbs that help you calm down and sleep well. There is essential oils to help you sleep, like lavender is a wonderful essential oil to help you sleep. We also like to run immune boosting or uh, respiratory health uh, essential oils in the diffuser when we fall asleep to help us breathe well and be good for our immune system, and lavender, of course. So look into those kind of supplements to improve your sleep. Another thing, this has to do with diet, and it is so commonly overlooked, but do you know that how you eat from the beginning of the day to when you go to bed can impact how well you sleep? And I'm going to give you a really um, big example of this. Breakfast. If you don't eat enough protein for breakfast then you get behind on your body's protein needs and you get behinder and behinder and behinder as the day goes by. And protein is so important for our sleep hormones and our wake hormones. If we don't get enough protein in the morning, we don't have enough of the hormone balance by the time it goes to bed, by the time we go to bed, to sleep well at night. So one of the worst things you can do for your eating habits is like to just have coffee for breakfast because you have coffee and it might have cream, it might have sugar, you're getting or even or just volume and so you drink coffee for breakfast then you don't eat so then you get behind on your protein and so then you don't sleep well at night because you didn't get enough protein during the day so if you are only having protein or sorry coffee for breakfast you're really not helping yourself with getting a good night's sleep so what i would suggest is to have good protein breakfast whether that's milk or yogurt with oatmeal, whether it's baked oatmeal, where there's eggs in it, whether it's eggs and bacon, whether it's, I mean, even soup. So many cultures have soup for breakfast, so you don't have to have typical breakfast foods, but get some good protein in the morning, then have your coffee. I'm not asking you to give up your coffee. I'm asking you not to have only coffee for breakfast or for lunch. Make sure you have your three square meals a day so that you get enough protein so that by the time it's nighttime, you have that sleep hormone ready. Jamie says she adds gelatin to her coffee in the mornings. And gelatin is a good source of protein, so that's wonderful. You're adding a protein boost, plus it's minerals and it soothes the digestive system. So that's a great tip, Jamie. Thank you for that. Another thing about sleeping is 
I know so many are guilty of this. And when I got my first, uh, oh, I'm looking at it. I was about to hold up my phone. When I got my first smartphone for a couple months, it was so like, I mean, check email and social media and alarm clock. And I took it in the bedroom with me. But that didn't last very long. It got to be where I got to the point where I was like, just impatient with myself. Like, Wardy, you cannot go to bed without your phone. (laughs) Like, how ridiculous is that? And I'm not pointing the finger at anyone else. I'm telling you the conversation I had with myself. Our bedroom is a refuge where I get away from the world. So within a few months, and so now it's been several years, I have a, I mean, our bedroom is banned of electronic devices. It's not only how it affects your mind, like things being on your mind and having access to your email and social media and that clock and, you know, your calendar and all that right with you when you're asleep. It can really be a burden on your sleep because you're worrying or you're checking in or whatever. So that's one problem with it is just the mental, like, bringing it with you in the bedroom. So turn it off, leave it in another room. But the other thing is those electronic devices and those cell waves and, you know, all the, the, technology that's in those phones can mess with your mind. And I'm not going to go into the research. You can research it yourself, but we do not need to be close to our electronic devices 24 hours a day. It does so happen that they're great tools and I have them myself. I have computers, I have an iPad, I have an iPhone, but they do not come in the bedroom with me. So I spend at least from 8.30 every night to 6 o'clock in the morning free of electronic devices. And Um, like if I happen to be reading in bed on the iPad, I won't just set it away from me. I will power it all the way down so it is not on when I go to bed or I'll take it out of the room and I do not bring the phone in the bedroom. And I don't mean to sound like a goody two-shoes here or like a whatever. I am just so completely convicted that in our modern society, we spend too much time with our electronic devices and it really takes a toll on us. Thank you, Shelly. Shelly agrees. (laughs) The comments have been quite quiet. Um, So, you know, you guys, you don't have to agree. I'm just asking you to consider it. And I've done, I did what I did with my kids. They have iPods and now they're old enough and some of them have phones. But I just said, um, well, they have a curfew. They are totally off by 10 o'clock. And If you want, like if they're in your room, they have to be totally powered down, everything. If you want them, you know, if you're not going to turn them off, they got to go somewhere else. But they have a curfew of 10 p.m. And I know when they get old enough, they're going to choose for themselves and they may break the rule and whatever. But at least when they're in the house, we have a rule of no electronics in the bedroom. And so what I'm asking you is give it a try. If you think it doesn't affect you, just give it a try. Do it for 10 days. It's 14 days a week, three nights, just power it all down and leave it in another room. Don't have a computer, an iPad, an iPhone, don't have any electronics in your bedroom and just see if you don't sleep better, if your mental clarity and your mental relief and your mental break is better and don't see and, and test, you know, it's, it's possible you will immediately be able to tell the difference with not having those, you know, technology waves interfering with your, your, your brain waves in your sleep. I think it's so ironic that we have all these devices like the Fitbit or whatever and they're and people have apps on their phone that are tracking their sleep ways and all that and no and hardly anybody's asking the question 
Why would I be using an electronic device to track my sleep habits when it's messing with my sleep habits? I mean, maybe it turns out normal or whatever, but it could be better if I wasn't using an electronic device to monitor it. I don't get it. I really don't get it. So I just want to encourage you all to just stop doing that if you are. I don't usually get too strong on these podcasts, but I feel very strongly about getting electronics out of your bedrooms. So forgive me for that. Thank you for the hearts, everyone. Thank you for staying with me on that little rant. So I do have one other tip about sleeping. There may be other sleep aids that can help you get a better sleep. Um, I'm very sensitive to sound and lights and stress and all that. So for the last, I don't know, several years, we've had room darkening shades. I wear earplugs. And recently I have an eye mask. And I just can't tell you the difference in... I don't know if it's my nurturing, mothering nature, but if I am on, like on duty, and I stay on duty if I go in the bedroom and I can hear like household noises and outside noises, but if I can shut all that down, then I sleep. It's it's like it's just helps me to just shut it all out and go to sleep. And it's made a huge, 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 it's completely transformed my life and my sleep to be able to sleep. Well, now I've heard people who they say, oh, I can't wear earplugs because, you know, the sound of my heart beating is a distraction. Well, there are white noise devices or whatever. I'm not saying use your iPhone for it, but I'm talking about, you know, non-cell phone uh, white noise machines or a fan. Turn on a fan to drown out the noise. But it, that noise of the household or whatever may be a bigger factor than you think in sleep and light is a bigger, for a fact, light is a bigger factor than you think. Our, I have a podcast with Sean Stevenson, who's the author of Sleep Smarter, and you can go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com and search for Sean Stevenson on that. Shelly says, a small fan for white noise, great. And we have Beck saying, we use a fan, great. So Sean Stevenson pointed out in his Sleep Smarter book um, that even our skin has photoreceptors to light. So just because you can't see it doesn't mean um, that it's not affecting you. So it is important to have, like, just sleep in the total darkness. We have room darkening shades because we have an outside security light that's from the power company, and it shines in our bedroom, and so we have room darkening shades for that. But I have, we haven't gotten rid of all the light. I mean, wouldn't that be great to get rid of all the light? But we haven't, so I block out the rest, um, at least so I can't see it with an eye mask. Um, and it's just huge. It's just really, really huge for me. So those, that was kind of a long, um, tip number four about prioritizing your sleep and improving your tip sleep. So I just encourage you to think about those things. If any of them could make a difference for you, um, prioritize your sleep, get the electronics out, do whatever is necessary to help you sleep better, release any burdens by prayer or journaling, be intentional about sleeping well, because your body rebuilds you digest your food, you heal, and you can't do that if you're not sleeping well. If you're sleep-derived, you know it, right? You're crabby, you don't feel good, you're getting more and more unwell. Um, And so sometimes it takes more than just being passive about sleep. Often, for, for most of us, it takes being intentional about sleep, setting an alarm. Like Becky said, she sets a go to bed alarm. Um, starting with enough protein in the day, getting the electronics out, releasing our burdens. All of these are very intentional steps we can take so that we have a good night's sleep. And during Christmas season, when we could be overextended or at least are busier than usual, 
and we're out in crowds more than usual, we're exposed to more germs, we're interacting with more people. There's so many more ways for us to get run down, so sleep is more important than ever. I mean, sleep is always important in my opinion, but it's more important than ever uh, during a busy time like Christmas. So that was tip number four. Tip number five, I'm going to suggest to unplug. And I know this goes contrary to um, almost (laughs) all of our Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's holidays. So even if it's just an hour once a day or an hour once a week or three hours or a whole day, I want to suggest that you schedule some unplugged time. Now, unplugged doesn't have to mean totally off the grid. What I mean is time to read a book, time to pray, time to go for a walk, spend quality time with a child or your spouse, whatever rejuvenates you and would restore your spirit, take time and schedule that into your season. Take a bath, Sev says, exactly, a bath. Oh, I know. Or, you know, a massage. Could someone in your family, could you trade massages, spouses together or children? Um, Just feed your body, feed your soul, unplug turn off the TV, put your phone down, unplug, and do some heart-to-heart and heart restoration kind of things. You guys are pouring in the hearts now, so I'm glad to hear that. How do you unplug? Could you share in the comments? Sev said, take a bath. What do you do? What, do, what personally restores your soul? For me, it's reading or walking, visiting with my husband, hugging the kids, Cooking, like I was sharing with you about doing those no-bake treats. If getting in the kitchen restores your soul and allows you to unplug, put on some music, get the kids in there to help you, visit and share and create something delicious for the family. And either the comments are delayed or you don't have any, but I do see lots of hearts coming, so I think this is resonating with you. Okay, I have one more tip on getting through Christmas healthy and sane. This could be the most important tip of all. I think all of them are important, but this one is oh so important. Shelly says, talking with my husband, cooking, trim healthy mama baking. I love that. So Shelly, you prioritize that. Even if you get too busy, prioritize that. Um, Kit, devotional time, worship music. Excellent. Alice. So that was Alice, is devotional time and worship music. Excellent. Okay, so number six, really, really important. Give thanks. This is a season where we don't often have spare time, which means that it's even more important, even though we feel like we don't have time for it. It's even more important to get our minds on the right things. And for me, for all of us, the right things is all the blessings that God gives and recognizing how he's poured those into our lives. Now, I don't mean to make light of difficult situations because so many of us have financial or health or relationship, and sometimes the holidays bring those more to the surface. We hurt more during those, these times of year. Um, I still believe we can give God thanks for everything. God is real in our lives, even in hardships, and the evidence that he cares for us is everywhere. People, when we have hard times, I think we often ask, you know, why did God allow this? Why did he do this to me? Why is he doing this to us? That's the wrong question to ask. A right question to ask is, what did I learn from this? Another is, um, 
what can I learn from this, I mean? And another perspective to take is to see that those hard times show us how much we need God. It's not that he's deserted us and he's hurting us. It's that we need to turn to him to get through it and learn what he has for us through it. Um, that's my perspective. So during this coming Christmas, um, and you, if you're listening now live or prior to Thanksgiving, so Thanksgiving, I want to encourage you to give thanks for all the good things in your life, all the blessings, and all the challenges. During busy times, it's more important than ever that we have our minds on these most important things, which are family, God, your purpose. Um, and I find that when we're busy, it's hard to get our minds up there where we need to be. Um, but when we give thanks, it's sort of like this perfect vehicle that just just like that switches our perspective to where it should be on higher things. Shelly just commented that um, giving thanks is part of her relationship with the Lord and strengthens her relationship with the Lord. Thank you for saying that, Shelly. Um, so what do you guys tell me now before we wrap up here? Um, Fill up the comments. What are you especially thankful for this season? And you could also share, is there anything in your life that has been hard, but you now, or if it's currently happening, you are giving thanks for it, and what's it doing for you? Thank you for the hearts. Welcome to everybody who's joined. Um, this is Know Your Food with Wardy podcast, a live recording that I'm doing on Periscope. I'm so glad you're all here to join me for this. And this is episode number 139 that will be up on knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 139 um, the week after Thanksgiving. So Debbie says health and being debt-free. Excellent. Praise the Lord for that. That's great things to give thanks for. Jamie says, I'm thankful for my amazing family. Wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. What a great blessing. Anyone else, what are you thankful for? And thank you for the hearts that are flowing. It's beautiful. Living here in the USA, free worship without persecution. My family, says Shelley. Praise the Lord for those things. I love it. You guys are great. Thank you for the hearts and thank you for being here. This is the Know Your Food with Wardy podcast. I know some of these things haven't been exactly to do about food. But if we're going to continue to serve our families nourishing food through uh, the Christmas season, these big picture things matter so much, don't they? Yes, they do. Okay. Well, God loving me right where I'm at, says Alice. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Okay, a couple housekeeping notes. I want to just tell everyone, God bless you. God bless you through this Christmas season. When this podcast airs, it will be at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 139. So come on by the show notes. And what I would like you to do is to share your tip for being healthy and sane this Christmas. And I'd also like you to talk about why, tip number six, and giving thanks. Um, I can't wait to hear from you to see what you're thankful for. I can't wait to hear your tips about how you stay healthy and sane through Christmas season. And now I'm going to wrap up. Um, just with a quick Q&A, like two minutes, if anybody here who's live on Periscope has any questions to ask me about um, staying sane or healthy during Christmas. If there are any questions, you want to put them in the comments, use your first name so I can call you out by name. 
um, or if you have any tips to add. Be sure and share them right now, and we'll get them included in this podcast. And while you're typing your questions, I want to tell you some news. As you may know, I host the Ask Wardy show on Periscope Live every Wednesday. However, this Wednesday is the week of Thanksgiving, and I will not be working on Wednesday or Thursday, so Ask Wardy is going to be on Tuesday. So that would be tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. So if you're tuning in live for Ask Wardy, be sure to do it on Tuesday this week instead of Thursday. For those of you that are listening to this podcast later, that doesn't apply to you um, because this podcast is coming out the week after Thanksgiving. And so for you, just if you want to join the fun either on the live recording of the podcast, that would be on a Thursday, or if you want to come on by for Ask Wardy, that would be on a Wednesday. And the way to do it is periscope.tv slash tradcookschool for either show, uh, the podcast or Ask Wardy. Ask Wardy is at 10 a.m., Pacific or 1 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. The podcast is sometime on Thursdays. You can also use the Periscope app and search for Trad Cook School and then be sure to follow and have your notifications on because then when I'm coming on Periscope, um, so when I start a broadcast, your phone, device, depending on how you set it up, should ideally like, you know, ding, ding, ding and tell you that we're on and you can join the fun. Thank you for the hearts, everyone. Thank you for joining me. I don't see any comments coming in, so I'm just going to wrap up now by saying God bless you. Thank you for being here, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again very soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then, without a space, type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air, so go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that other people will find this podcast. Thank you so much.